Welcome to E20, your unofficial EastEnders podcast. I popped to the salon, but rather than do any work, well, Denise took me out for a drink. Emma. And I'm just the toxic old fun sponge that Zach uses to apply his favourite creams. Connor. So we've got coming up this week, Emma. This week we have your usual roundup, your hero in Slappin' Dan. And for Connor's birthday, I am treating him to a round of his favourite game in Match Game, the Birthdays <gasps> Edition. Oh my god! <laughs> but first, here's the jingle. You ain't my mother! Yes, I am! My boy, Blimey. Mr. Butcher. 57 was my nan. 57 was everyone else. One minute we'll be looking at each other. The next, rubbing each other's clothes off. Mother always said I could be a star. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night. So this week, it's Connor's birthday week. Yay! Yay! I love that it's always a birthday week for us. Like, it's not just like the birthday. It's like birthday week. (laughs) Because the the time... Just for that. The podcast comes out. Then that obviously has to make it a week. Because it's not our only actual birthday. So any excuse to celebrate, I'll take it. (laughs) And me and Emma are a bit like Denise. Any chance to, to have a party, to just... Let our hair down and not work. We'll do it. <laughs> so for your birthday, I got you a cameo message from Aunt Babe. Oh my God. It was the best. It was literally the greatest gift ever given. Like even more so than the one that Jesus Christ gave us all. <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, it was like the greatest gift in the world. Like, I just, I couldn't believe it when, also, I just showed my age in that video as well, but I was like, oh, I can't get the sound on. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, do you want me to show you? Yeah, I was like, like, do you want me to show you? No, no, I've got it. Don't worry, I've got it now. (laughs) you're really old, and I'm like, the the kid going, would you like me to show you how to do that, granddad? I think it, I think I'm just showing my actual age, like in that video. I was just like, yes, I may look 28, but in real life I'm 482. <laughs> it's just like that is just my 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 brand, I suppose, isn't it? it Elderly is. but young. <laughs> so what I'm going to do here is I'm going to put a little clip of Connor receiving his message. Say that's amazing. It's <laughs> I know. 
Anyway, let's get on with the show. I think we have to start with Ruby and Sharon and Zach and their strange, strange friendship triangle of triangle that suddenly emerged out of nowhere. Very odd. Yeah. It's I'm, very odd. I'm not okay with it. If I was Jean, I would be like, Sharon, step away from her. I was a bit like, Sharon, why are you friends with Ruby? She took your pub. I just can't understand why Sharon would be friendly with someone who took her share of the pub that like she wanted to open in honor of her mom and everything. And and yes, we all know that Mel like sneakily sold her part to Ruby. But like, why would you still be like, oh, hi, Rubes. <laughs> hi, you want to hang out? No, Sharon, she stole your pub. And then she knows about like what Jean's been saying as well. I'll be like, yes. I'm not speaking to her. <laughs> You have some loyalty towards Jean. Then again, loyalty's flipping clearly overrated in the square at the minute. Um, you know, Whitney running over cat flipping. You know, Stacey being framed by Ruby. There's a lot of a lacking of loyalty at the minute. I just, I just can't understand why Sharon would go there. I mean, maybe it's just to get Zach out of her hair so that she doesn't have to deal with random girls drinking all of her drinks and stuff. But. I don't know. It's just odd. And also, I found it really weird that he started. Zach started selling Sharon's stuff. It was just like quite random. It was just thrown in when that woman was wearing her stuff. Yeah, I was just like, sorry, sorry. He's just given given Sharon's clothes away to strangers. <laughs> so does that mean he's gone through her private drawers and things like that, and like being like, oh, she's not using these knickers. I might sell these as well. Oh. You know, very close considering your siblings so martin's back from dubai sharon does this quick fill-in of so cat got run over cat's seeing phil and well zach's getting a job with ruby why did they not take arthur to the funeral you don't even with that i know that's ridiculous sorry martin went with sonia but not arthur (laughs) the actual child of kush Anyway. Do you remember Martin said, don't worry, you'll always have us. We'll look after you. To Lily when her mum was going into jail. Well, clearly not Martin. She'll always have Ruby, who she hates. <laughs> I think it's so inappropriate. It was wrong that Martin left it to Ruby as well. As much as I despise Ruby, and I will get to killing her and you know ripping her apart <laughs> in this episode. Don't you worry, guys. However, as much as I do despise her, it was totally inappropriate that he just left like three damaged children who are already grieving for the loss of their own mother, and then obviously Arthur's grieving for the loss of both of his parents. Like, have you just left all three of them with Ruby's, like, brand-new wife who's just, who's, like, only just moved them in and everything? I think they're finally starting to see each other for who they really married, because, as I said, like, ages ago, they had these ideas of each other, like... Yeah. Because Martin mentions it later on, he's like, it's Ruby's house, it's Ruby's food, it's Ruby's money, it's Ruby's this, it's Ruby's that. So what he thought is... Oh, I'm getting all this. I can live rent-free here. Yeah. And obviously his kids were down the road. He didn't even have them. So he was getting this luxury lifestyle where he was hoping they would go travelling. And then she thought she was getting this ideal Martin that she's been thinking of and that she's Mm -hmm. got from seeing with Stacey. And now it's like she's finally starting to see the real Martin that Stacey's always been with. And she doesn't yeah. like it because it's not the Martin she wanted. It's not the Martin she created because she was creating a Martin. She was putting him in yeah. 
these suits rather than like what he would normally wear. She was changing his job. She was changing uh-huh. the way he acted, everything. And like, they're yeah, just, exactly. they're now seeing each other for who they actually are. Yeah, this is exactly what I mean. Emma always said what happened. It's just happened a lot sooner, probably COVID related. But um, <laughs> we, we've always said that because they're not living honestly, like that they've married each other under false pretenses and don't quite understand each other at all. Um, nor do they really like each other, like for who they really are. They just like the kind of ideas of who they are. It's never going to work. It's always going to crumble because you're never going to be able to to make that work. One wants one thing from someone that they're never going to get. The other one wants one thing from the the other person who they're never going to get either. Like it's just bizarre that they have tried to make this a coupling. It seemed to come out of nowhere. Martin is not her type. Martin comes from a completely different world to Ruby. And speaking of her type, there's Zach, which is what I think something's going to go down say- here. They're like totally perfectly matched. Yeah, they're both quite young and um, sexually like um, fluid and and very much like, you know, they're, they're basically like very much like seize the opportunity to just to do whatever they want, be fun, have have loads of like, you know, nights out and things, trips here and there, spend like frivolously. That's definitely who they both are. Martin is not that person. So it just, you're right. Like, Zach is literally the perfect match for her. Like, they both don't really care about what people think. And obviously they start flirting. Mm. Oh, yeah, I love that. (laughs) Because she pretends like, oh, he's just being silly. Ruby, you just put a cherry (laughs) in your mouth and then, like, sucked it off of the stem. I'm sorry, that is beyond flirting to me. That is definitely, (laughs) like, you are... Trying to sexualize the moment, you are definitely flirting with him. Not that she has to do. Not that not that that makes like guilty of anything. I'm just saying, don't be coy or naive or or try and lie about it. You were trying to also flirt back with him when she was like, "What's your talent exactly?" Behind the bar, obviously, that's a bit flirty banter. Okay, we'll let that slide. But then when you were like, "My talent is." I can get a pip and all of the stem and everything off of a cherry. What next? Is suddenly going to have a? Oh, we've got a leak behind there. Can you just can you just help me sort out my pipes, Mister Zach? Like, <laughs> oh, silly me! I've just spilled wine all over that brand new shirt of yours. You'll have to take it off now. Hand the trousers too. Like, what next? <laughs> well, when all this is going on, when all this little flirting back and forth is going on. Someone who is an ally of this podcast is watching, is absorbing this information, and she has a plan. Oh, icon. She is. She's a little icon already. Scheming icon. She is. Lily is literally my Emma's hero of every week. Like, that's the truth. Because it's Lily. She basically has concocted this little scheme in her head. She's like, "Mm, I know. I'll make up some stories. I love it. She's like, I forgot my homework, um, so I need the keys. And Ruby had already pretended like, oh, we're, we're getting on fine now. Then she's like, your dad's back. He's not going to take this kind of attitude and all these goings on. And I'm like, keep scheming, Lily. <laughs> we all know who's going to win in the end of this. Lily will win in the end of this. Ruby will lose. Lily's noticed that um, as well, that when... Zach's calling her like rubes and stuff she's mm. like oh it's cute and then she's like so do you like him does my dad know 
<laughs> I love when Lily was like to Martin, she was like, oh yeah, he was really nice. He came over the other night and like uh, he stayed over and we had a really good time. Dead funny dad. I was just like, I love Lily. I was just like, this is this is next level scheming and I'm so impressed. I was just like, stop like with the throwing yourself down the stairs, love. You can you can sell people anything. You you should get on something and get start on a pyramid scheme, Lily. Yeah, she should. She's got the gift of the cab. I think the next bit showed that Martin and Ruby don't trust each other at all. Exactly. Because he literally just takes Lily's word and goes and punches Zach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Literally, the core tenant of any relationship is actual trust. You have to know that person inside and out. Hence why we didn't support the Cush and Whitney thing, because they didn't know each other inside and out. Only, you know, sexually. Like, nothing else. <laughs> um, I just love, though, that, like... Martin, like you say, like instantly doesn't trust Ruby. And I'm just like, that proves that you know that you can't trust her because she is a conniving liar. Why does no one believe me? Remember that? Why does no one believe me? Well, because you're a liar, Ruby. You're <laughs> Ruby Allen. You lie all the time. It's like the way he never, ever believed what anyone else was saying. And now he's, it's like, it's going around his head like, oh, well. Like, Ikra said something. Like, why would Ikra, Ikra, Ikra said I know, I can't get over that. You know. And there was like, no need for her to get involved, so... Exactly. She didn't, she didn't hate Ruby or Martin, did she? She's like, hey, sitting <laughs> scheming. I've always wanted Ruby to myself. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's just... It just seems so odd that Martin wouldn't believe her, but he didn't, and yet he also now believes his child, so it's just a little bit odd. I got really annoyed at this next bit where she's like, I wouldn't oh. do that to you. I'm not Stacy. Well, I'm not being funny, Ruby, but you try and do a good job at it. You've been with her I brother. Know. You've been with her ex. You've been with her husband. You're currently housing um, all of Stacy's kids. <laughs> Who next? You're going to go and jump on Jean? Yeah, <laughs> just going to... Just going to give Jean amnesia and be like, you're my mom now, Jean. Remember, <laughs> you're my mom. I'm Stacey. <laughs> I just, I couldn't get over it when she said what she said. Because I was just like, you're right, you're not Stacey. Because Stacey's not a despicable little liar like you. Even though they're innocent. Sharon's not happy with Zach. That's his second warning. <laughs> On a third, that's it, he's out. I love it. It's like it's like an actual employment like contract, isn't it? It's like, right, this is your verbal warning. The next ones are written, and then the third you're out. I thought it was I'm a bit so like um, I thought it was going to go all school, and he was going to be on report. <laughs> yeah. This is your report. Get it signed by me, Ruby, Martin. <laughs> I want it signed by everyone on the square, and I want it back at the end of the day. It's <laughs> when she was like, go and apologize to Martin, and he was like, he punched me. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm with Zach. What do you mean apologise to Martin? Martin ran in and punched him in the face. So, what I'm getting from that is, Sharon doesn't trust uh, Ruby and that she thinks Zach and Ruby might have done something. Which begs the question again, like, why does she not say anything to Ruby? Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, like, Martin's our best friend after all. <laughs> He's like a brother to her. I think it needs a Julius theme, this brother storyline. <laughs> Ruby's a liar. That'll be the actual end to EastEnders when EastEnders ends. It'll be Sharon and Martin going off realising. That they Realizing are the real brother and, brother and sister of the square. Michelle was never real. 
None of it was real. It was just them. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Ruby, Emma, the thing that really made my blood boil this week, when she goes to Martin and she's like, this has got to stop Martin. You know, it's either us or them about the kids. I know. She's one of the three children out onto the street. I think you'll find that's not allowed in this country. Yeah, she was like, Lily's a liar. And he was like, but she's a child and do we know? And she's like, yes, we do know. It's me. Oh, them. I didn't sign up for this. Well, you knew we had kids when you married them. I love that. I didn't sign up for this. Oh, what was those vows again? It's <laughs> uh, and health. Um, for better or worse. Uh, till death do you part. Is that right? Is that right, Ruby? I might have missed a few. You know, I mean, you did marry a man who had children. So you surely knew. I just can't actually understand. She just realised if she slung like Lily out under the street at her age she does realise that's like child endangerment right like that's like that is like neglect like that's actual child neglect it's the way that um, Ruby's also like Lily's a liar uh, I know ironic yeah pot kettle you know that old saying then Martin decides he's going to tell Lily off and he's like do you want me to go down and see your mum and tell her it's not yeah, just going to put put in jail yeah, they're just going to put more stress on Stacey. Stacey, unlike everyone else, knows the truth. She knows she didn't push Ruby, so she knows that Ruby has framed her. Why would she Why would she care? I also just think it's really disgusting that Martin did that to a child. Like, Lily isn't like, you know, she's not 14, 15 years old. She's 10. You know, well, should I go and see your mother who's locked up in jail? Why don't you take a second, Martin? Take a breath, take a second, and then remember, not only have they lost Kush, because he was also very special to them, they all lost their mother because your girlfriend slash wife, whatever she is, um, decided to have her jailed. And they all know the truth. You're just the one who doesn't. And even if that wasn't the case and the mother had gone to jail for a legit crime, don't you think you owe the, that child the benefit of the doubt when they start acting out? So it's just, um, you know, I don't know, framed Zach and her by like stealing condoms and like spreading them around the house. She told a fake story. You believed it because you're an imbecile and you're now punishing her. I'm sorry, Martin, but I do not. I do not agree with this. And also, he's like saying that, I know you blame Ruby for what happened to your mother. And it's like, well, yes, because Lily's correct. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's on the right side of history, Martin. <laughs> you're on the wrong side. And then he says like, you just give her a chance. And Lily just wants to live with Jean. She's like, we can all go back and live with Nana. And um, at that, that point, it doesn't occur to Martin that maybe like they're missing that old family unit and this might be a reason Lily's acting out. He just automatically goes, be nice to Ruby. Not, not once does he confront Ruby and have a conversation with her. Your child and your children have gone through such a big issue. Why not just say, I tell you what, listen, I know we're married, we're newlyweds, right? But this is a big problem in my kid's life. You, for whatever reason, they don't like you. There's a big issue there. They they think that you're responsible for this. They think you've lied. So before we can, you know, move on from that, maybe I'll just take some time out and I'll go somewhere with my children 
and look after them, spend some quality time with them, and then we start to try and build bridges. No, not Martin. He he treats the, these relationships like a flipping wrecking crew. He's like, right, boys, let's just demolish this whole whole family structure. Let's just start paving over that with Ruby. So flipping raging at him. I was like, I can't believe these two are just getting around, or getting away with this, walking around, walking around like nothing's happened. Meanwhile, our state is rotting in jail. I know it stresses me out. It does, Emma. I can't deal with this anymore. I think we need to initiate a very, very serious operation here. I think we need to do, we need to take matters in our own hands. We do. We need to throw ourselves down them stairs and <laughs> blame it on them. That's the only way he said us to listen. Because, <laughs> like, Stacey is in prison thinking about all this and she's done nothing wrong. And everyone thinks she's a criminal. Ruby's just helping with a gym launch as if she's done nothing wrong ever. Yeah, she's making kids homeless, like, multiple times. Like, she, remember, she always made them lose the house the first time. Now she's literally kicking the kids out of her own home. It's me or them, Martin, because you are my husband. Anyway, it has somewhat of a happy ending because Lily decides she's going to move back in with Jean. Yay, Lily! And I love the way she does it. She's like, Dad kicked me out, even though he didn't. She quite accurately says, Ruby hates me. <laughs> that is accurate. I just think... It's actually the the perfect way to deal with that situation. It's very mature of Lily in some regards. I know she's made a little bit of a fib to kind of get herself back in there with Jean. But I think like, I think that by saying, I tell you what, I'm just going to remove myself from this horrid situation is the right thing for her because it's not healthy for Lily. So Bailey is still missing. Kind of. Yeah, sort of. Because Amy's decided to take it upon herself to put Bailey in the allotments and... I don't understand how she even got access to that shed. Like, which one of the Brannons even has a shed like there? Is it Martin's? Because that's bizarre if it's Martin's. Because I'm just saying, how did she even get the keys to that? Yeah, because like... Does Martin not lock it anymore? Well, it's confusing because we've seen Ted in there playing a bit of chess. Yeah. We've seen Martin in there. Um, do you remember when the phone was was in there? Oh, remember when it was hidden there? Oh, it was hidden really well. Uh, yeah, really, really well. <laughs> yes, maybe it's just open. Maybe it's like full back door. It's everyone's. It's a communal shed. <laughs> it's a communal shed. <laughs> communal shed that no one, no one thought to look in, ever. Yeah, like, I love how when they've done <laughs> done the search, they've just went the allotment. No, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> Every time I've seen Bernie. She's just walking up and down the same street. Yeah, don't. Yeah, no, don't even. She's walking around, as Emma said, just up and down the same street, Market Street to be precise, <laughs> literally back and forth. And it's like, have you seen Bailey? No, you've asked me three times in the last 15 minutes, love. I haven't seen her yet. Okay. Honestly, like, what was that? And then Molly appears as well. She's like, don't worry, she can see Banjo. She can see Ziggy. Just as she said, I bring Ziggy around to see her. Meanwhile... Everyone else in the tailors are all like, Banjo. Yeah, you'll bring <laughs> yeah. Banjo, our dog. I have to say, this is one of the first times Molly has been on screen without any snow. Yeah, that was bizarre. I that think was bizarre. it's because we're noticed. It's because it's of that, Emma. You spotted it. You said she was like Mrs. Claus or Santa or something. Because every time she appears, there's always snow. And you were right. You said it. And she now knows. I'm a bit scared. It's a bit like Agnes. <laughs> She's coming. <laughs> you look out the window there'll just be a massive snowstorm on the horizon <laughs> <laughs> so Bernie's walking up and down and Molly's mm-hmm. there talking about the dog 
And yeah. then she decides, bear in mind there's a full-on crisis here for the tailors. Yeah, there's a missing child. She's like, something in, um, in the summer we can go to Iron Upper. <laughs> I was like, Molly, no, come on. Even you must know this is the wrong place, wrong time. You're walking up and down Market Street. Bernie's hand out flies to the same people. And you think it's the appropriate time to be like, we're going on holiday, love. I don't think so. We don't need to worry about Bailey's safety. We don't need to worry about her running off. Because Denise, being Detective Denise, has gone to the bottom of this. With no evidence yet again. Yes, again. No evidence again. She always distance. It's crazy. She's got this, like, sixth sense. She should be doing Jack's job. Jack should be in the hair salon. It's true. She should be She does way more work than Jack in terms of detective stuff. Amy's got a good excuse as to why um, she just keeps, like, running off, pretty much. She's she's got chess club. I love the way Denise (laughs) is just like, ah, no. (laughs) Put me on my one, love. Chess club. You're the daughter of Roxy Mitchell. I just live for it. I, I feel a bit sorry for Amy, you know, as well. Because she is a bit neglected. Like, she herself has lost her mother, her stepmother, and slash Annie. It was a very complicated <laughs> family. Um, <laughs> and has lost so much. And yet, Jack is always focused on his career. He's made the same mistake that he made with his first daughter, you know, he moved away to start his own new life with Ronnie and Roxy and things like that, you know, because he was always either on one of their beds. And then, like, Penny was just left in the dust. She had no one. And then eventually she moved to France, and her dad's never seen her, like, since. So I feel like he's going down the same route with Amy, and he's made all the same mistakes, where he kind of relies on the women in his life to sort of look after Amy. I think people automatically probably think... um oh, Amy's being terrible, Amy's doing this maliciously. But I think Jack's paying her zero attention. Like we've been saying for the past few weeks, no matter what Amy does, like adults will just shout at her. (laughs) I think with Amy, what she's doing is she thinks, well, if she finds Bailey, Jack will reward her, pay her attention. Because that's all Jack's talking about at the moment. So she's thinking, oh, well, if I do all this and I'm the one that's found her, I'm the one that's helped then he's going to stop paying attention to me. Spot on. That is absolutely spot on. That is exactly why she's doing this. She wants to be the hero. She doesn't want to hurt her. She's not deliberately trying to hurt her. It's not malicious. It's stupid, yes. Yeah. It's very, very stupid and irresponsible. Yeah. But she's also a child who is coming from a home where she feels ignored, she feels neglected. She says if she was going to go on the run, she would go to Ibiza because her mum loved it there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's definitely, definitely Roxy Mitchell's daughter there. Yes. <laughs> I just want to go to Ibiza, me. <laughs> <laughs> My other favourite bit was like where she's like trying to convince Bailey to go to Liverpool. I'm like, no, that would be a mistake, Amy. This is the time that we take her back home. Don't worry, though. And I live for the fact that, like, <laughs> she did, like, that Batman-style thing where he just appears, you know, around <laughs> corners and stuff. I just, you, you, like, stand there and suddenly he's just there behind you. Like, she did that to Amy where Amy opens the door to the shed <laughs> and there's Denise just standing there. <laughs> so Bailey returns home. They're all very happy. Um, and Molly brings Banjo over until... Slash Ziggy. 
Oh, sorry, yes, slash Siggy. <laughs> That's short-lived because she then takes Banjo back because Bernie dumps her. I live for that. I live for that. <laughs> she was using this dog just to get, uh, like, get Bernie in her bed. Like, that was literally it. As soon as, as soon as Bernie's like, I'm not interested, love me, family calls Right, Banjo, get your, get, Ziggy, get your harness on now. Get your harness on now. Don't you call him Banjo. His name's Ziggy. Shout that in Bailey's face, probably. <laughs> get your hands off my dog. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Tearing him away from her. <laughs> I did live for that moment where she was like, you know, you can come round any time because he loves you, Bailey. Five minutes there. Oh, we're not a thing, so I'm just taking my dog back now. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey's just gone home. She'll be devastated. Also, can I just say, I find it really weird that, like, like yes, Bailey bonded with this dog, but it's not her dog. <laughs> like, this dog has a whole family and life elsewhere. Like, it's not right that, like, just because Bailey bonded with him, then that dog must always come back to theirs. No. <laughs> yes, yes, Bailey bonded with the dog, loves the dog, but they yeah. could go and get a dog because... Exactly. She bonded with him for two weeks. You are taking this dog from what it knows, its family, everything. It's like, it's so weird. It's so weird. And, well, because Bailey's back, they tell her Karen's got a job back and Bernie... Well, she's got a pay rise. Now, I don't know how they're not going to notice this. Um, enormous this... pay rise. <laughs> Firstly, the enormous pay rise. And secondly, the massive bump she will get from being <laughs> pregnant. Yes. I love your plan there, Bernie. Love it. Like, you would know. You'd be like, and well, first, well, when she gives birth, oh, it's just the pay rise. Is she just pushing out cash? Yeah. <laughs> It just comes out in wads of cash. <laughs> She's like, "Ma'am, what would you like it in? Twenties or fifties? <laughs> just start streaming out of her. Look at those cash guns. <laughs> oh, I also love that. Like, Karen is actually devastated that like. Bernie is over with Molly, but we all know the real reason. It's because she's worried that Banjo wasn't going to come back. I mean, Ziggy wasn't going to come back through those doors. <laughs> Like, that is the only reason she's like, oh, it's dead sad. But what does that mean about the dog? Because, you know, <laughs> Bailey's just come back. And you know what she's like for that dog? I'm sorry, Karen. That dog is not yours. Keep away from that dog. I know. I'm like, hey, I'll get a restraining order out. I would if I was Molly. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, um, I just need to file a restraining order. There's this crazy family who just won't stop trying to take my dog. And if the dog went missing again, I would know exactly where to go first. Exactly. I'm sorry, this dog has been kidnapped by them now. Like, it's a big difference to, like, oh, they found it and, like, we're looking after it. That's nice. You've got to remember that they all agreed that even though when they saw the posters, they just destroyed the posters and kept the dog. Yeah, I know. Sonia's back from Dubai and, um, well, Tiff's acting like it was more of a holiday than a uh, funeral. <laughs> Well, I mean, I love it as well because it was, did you enjoy yourself? Well, it was a funeral. What did you think? Like, the views looked lovely. Yeah. Really enjoyed the ambiance at uh, Kusha's wake. It was really nice. And then Sonia said, the sunsets were beautiful. We had a yeah, lovely time. Yeah, I love time. that. The sunsets were nice. Also, do you know, I did we had like a ex-husband <laughs> went and enjoyed sunsets together. Yeah, I know, don't even with me. I said it in the Martin section as well. I find it blooming weird that like 
instead of taking Kush's actual son, yeah. Martin went with Sonia, his ex-wife. I don't know why he didn't take Kush's actual child. Child. Surely Carmel would be more happy. Yeah. Can you imagine Carmel's waiting, thinking that Martin's <laughs> going to come out with Arthur and instead she's like, Ah, oh, Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, come on in. I'll make up the guest room. Yeah, flipping weirdo. Like, that's what she'll be like under her breath when she'll be like, what the heck is she doing here, Martin? Why are you bringing her? And Martin's like, well, she just invited herself, really. <laughs> well, I mean, like, she did. <laughs> I just live for this. Like, it's like you say, like, Sonia just went on a holiday. Like, basically, yeah. Carmel would have had to make up a bed and everything for her. She'd be like, yeah, just um, just help yourself to my food, Sonia, I suppose. Uh, it's not like I've just buried my son. Very odd. Very odd choice is all I'm going to say. Me and Emma love it though. I have to be honest, me and Emma, right, without these random choices and stories, we would have nothing to talk about, nothing to laugh about. So I am actually really glad that they did this. <laughs> I am glad that Sonia went away on holiday because it just, it just adds to the madness. And I love that she just uses her inheritance. <laughs> E don't I know well everyone's inheritance she's, like, she's just spending all our inheritance and then she's like shut up you I'm like Sonia you are though you are like I love that Sonia thinks right so because she's become the like yeah. official person looking after Dot's money she could just use it she can spend it yeah love that <laughs> I'm not stealing money from you it's Dot's inheritance to us I'm like which you almost tried to steal. So forgive us if we're not a little bit suspicious from, like, with Dottie. We're on her side here. Very strange situation, but we are. We're a little bit suspicious of you spending willfully all of Dot's money. It's just a little bit odd because you've already done it once. You did it on Christmas. <laughs> so Dottie is not happy with Sonia and the whole in- inheritance spending because Sonia's in charge of the accounts. Mm-hmm. So that means automatically... She's just going to use the money. Uh, it's crazy. Why would you trust Sonia after what she did? <laughs> and your grandmother forgive us. I told Dot that I was sorry and she forgave me. Sounds like a very easy way to kind of make it so that Dot doesn't have to return. Oh, no, Dot needs to return. She needs, if oh, she's so- going to leave, if she is going to leave, she needs a good send off. She needs a Julia's theme. Like, I'm sorry. She actually needs a proper Julia's theme. I can't have an off-air Brexit. I can't. I can't do it. I mean, I live for the fact that, like, Dottie is just, like, constantly slagging off Sonia, though. And Sonia's, like, listening, like a little schoolgirl. She's like, (laughs) Dottie's in the kitchen, right, at one point. Dottie's in the kitchen with Tiff. And she's like, shut up, man. Talk about that old flipping fun sponge up there. She's flipping boring. She's just drinking away all our money, man. That's all she do. We should be inheriting money off our grandma. Instead, she's using it to jet herself off to flip Dubai to marry someone who she didn't even care about. And then, like, meanwhile, Sonia's on the stairs. And she's going, oh. <laughs> it's like one of those moments, isn't it? But it inspires Sonia in a way. It does. It really does. She decides she's going to head to the Salon of Dreams. Salon no one goes to. The <laughs> salon, that is always empty. She heads to see Denise. E, the worst place ever for a makeover to me because no one's ever working there. <laughs> no one's ever in. And naturally, after she decides she wants to look like Dua Lipa, well, Denise Talking just. Talking in my sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> Denise is just not having it. So, you know what? You know what they all do there? They just pack up, e. close up, off they go. 
Go get a drink. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's, we only expect that from them, don't we? we if, they, if she'd said, I'm going to cut your hair, we would have fell off our seats laughing. Because oh. we would that we would be like, that's not real, Denise. That's not real, Denise. Someone's, someone's flipping body snatched her because that's not the real Denise. Denise is off flipping, doing everything else than cutting hair. I lived for the fact that she went to her son and she went, have you been drinking? And then she went, tell you what, let's get you drunk. What? <laughs> <laughs> also, how does that place make money? It doesn't, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Dua Lipa's a big fan. She's been sponsoring it for a long time. <laughs> That's why Sonia went there, because she was like, well, I know that Denise normally does Dua Lipa's hair, so I'll come here and she'll sort us out. She's like, she, you know, you she might have some new rules, but she also has a new do, and she wants that hairdo now. She wants it now. <laughs> So they go and have a few drinks together. They talk about Sonia's wonderful trip. I have a few things to say about this whole moment. Denise secretly hates Dottie. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> she calls her um, calls her a few things, actually. Clueless, cheap looking and jumped up. <laughs> I love it. I was like, go Denise. Like, oh my God, girl, like pop off. Like, it was unreal. It was like someone just uncorked like a big massive bottle of truth, wasn't it? It was just like, <laughs> oh yeah, she's jumped up and so and so, she's hostessing, but you ask me, it's more like prostitution love. And it's like, flipping heck. I was like, God, do you the wrong side of Denise? She'll tell Ali secrets. <laughs> well, we said Denise is a gossip. She likes a gossip. Oh, she did. She loves a gossip. And, um, well, some of the things that Denise says, uh, sort of sticking Sonia's head. She's like, sorry, what did you just say about hostessing? And she's like, right, that's it. And then Sonia goes like full on Incredible Hulk and like just storms out across the square <laughs> to like confront Dottie in the middle of work. Just like, look at you. You got your arms around an old pervert starting to try and fleece him. I'm just like, oh my God, son, what's happening? I love it because then when she gets back and her Tiff and because Tiff's now joined her Tiff and Denise are talking she's she's like oh my god and Sonia called this guy a pervert and then she's like yeah no I love it it's him it's pervert man and she hides (laughs) under the table (laughs) oh god it was so good it was so good I love it I live for it I live for it (laughs) It was like just ducking under it. I'm like, Sonia, how old are you? Like, how old are you? First, you got offended by like a 17-year-old quippy remark about you, which is meaningless, by the way. And um, now you're hiding under a table after getting up to spend the day drinking. I do. I do like when they do comedy like this. It does fit in. It's, it's very nice. Physical comedy and stuff. And this is so funny in it. They always get it on on point. And I love it because he, like, comes over, doesn't he? He kind of, like, ducks under the table as well. <laughs> He's like, I've been actually trying to to find you. So, you know, it was very circumstantial and, you know, very interesting that I just happened to bump into you here. Oh, very circumstantial, if you ask me. I just, I just get vibes that he's not a dad. <laughs> no, he can't be. Uh, actually, uh, we've had a listener actually co- co- like give us a, a few comments about this, which we'll say in E Twenty Spotlight a bit later. Yeah, and and they definitely, they definitely have hit the nail on the head that this person just so happens to turn up 
after Sonia announced that she was now in control of Dot's assets. And Dottie's obviously not happy about it. And the mm. first person he's with is Dottie. Yes. And Jack didn't really recognise him when... No. Until he said who he was. Yeah, and he didn't really know uh, Jack and Max either because he was like, what was your brother called again? Mark. Yeah. Mark. You find that's Max, Terry? That's Max. And then Max. he's like, he doesn't know Sonia's birthday. And then suddenly when it's like, it's as if he's had time to quickly try. And then he's like, yeah. it's this. I just, well, I what he know. did was very clever because he spent his time getting everyone to, to look towards Jack and he was thinking and talking to them about Jack. But he could have been doing anything. He could have been looking at his phone when they were all looking Jack's way because he would have pointed to Jack and made them all look that way. He could have looked at his phone in that moment or he simply could have just used the moment to talk some rubbish and then kind of like think back and think harder to actually get that date out of his head. So I'm not buying it. And he's talked about him. He he didn't really get time to know her. He kept talking about himself. Yeah. And he kept hearing. He kept hearing about what Sonia's like off everyone else. So they were like, well, she saved someone for Byro. (laughs) <laughs> classic yes yeah, that was great they were giving loads of information for him to pick up mm-hmm. i thought it was very interesting because yes um if you haven't caught on guys terry basically says that he's been looking for sonia and that he is her dad the long lost dad that she tried to contact now it's interesting because he talks about the letter that that he sent that she sent him and says how he read it and stuff and he knows maybe a few bits and pieces here and there but nothing that someone couldn't have guessed mm-hmm. or nothing that, say, Dottie wouldn't have been aware of. It's just very odd. And I find it very odd that Dottie is like, as soon as Tiff says, oh, Sonia's dad's turned up. And she's like, oh, I've got to see this then. And Dottie is like desperate to go over to watch. And that to me feels a bit more like she wants to spectate on her like triumphant victory almost like it feels like she's enjoying the moment a bit too much but the moment's over anyway because as Emma said Terry spends the entire night talking about himself Carol I mean god to mention that witch's name I think you find he said Carol was a wonderful woman oh <laughs> ah, if you're dating her no if you're a child she throws you into the dirt and everything I was like uh oh you're unleashing the beast <laughs> oh Terry I tell you what, if you're a Carol fan, I'm flipping coming for you. I'm coming for you, love. I don't care if you're scamming Sonia or not. If you're a Carol fan, I was like, ah, uh, ah, uh, wonderful mother. That's why all of her kids loathed her. When was the last time you heard them, like, spending time with Carol? <laughs> that's right, never. Because Carol shacked up with her latest boyfriend. Yes, because that's who she always took ahead of her children. Her man. Look what you've done, Terry. Look what you have unleashed, Terry. <laughs> I was like, don't even get me started like Carol Jackson. <laughs> I think as soon as he said Carol, I was like, don't you dare bring her back, eh? <laughs> no, it was like, I was instantly like starting to tweet them now. I was like, right, EastEnders, no Carol Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I was a great man, great man. She threw Sonia, not Sonia, she threw Bianca into a grave and told her she belonged with the dead. I'm sorry, Bianca might be able to forgive that behaviour. But I shall not. <laughs> anyway, back to the show. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know if anyone else got the vibe, but I think Connor really likes Carol. 
<laughs> bring back Carol Jackson. <laughs> Everyone says hashtag and bring back Carol Jackson. <laughs> well, Sonia, though, isn't impressed because all Terry talks about is Carol and himself. Oh, hang on. I think there's someone else who wasn't impressed. Oh, it's definitely, you've just said that and your phone's just talking. Hello? Yeah, you saw Terry can on the telly talking about Carol Jackson and you're not impressed. And neither is Frankie. Oh, sorry. And neither is Bianca. Flipping heck. It's the Irish guy again. He's really not happy about this See, Terry. He he's a fraud. That right. he's definitely lying. That's the one I, I had a feeling. I had heard that he wasn't impressed, but I, well, I didn't have any confirmation. Yeah, he's, he's livid. And so is Bianca, apparently. She's seen his videos and she's not happy. Right. So, Irish guy, reference aside, and back on track. Terry has not left a warming reunion with Sonia. He has not left her feeling like she's just met a long-lost dad. Instead, she's storming out because she's like, all you do is just talk about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, I have to say I did love his character. Yeah, this character was really funny and really quirky. I think it's something we needed. He brought some energy. And yeah. I liked him because he, he didn't feel like one of the characters where sometimes they're new and they do take a while to fit in and you yes. kind of have to see them grow. He kind of just fit in and I got him straight away. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely. He, he had solidified himself quite easily into EastEnders. Sonia is done with Terry. He, I love it. That whole scene. That's it. Was it. He's gone. He's gone. He's out of her life. Or is he? It's a big week for Mick and he's decided that he's going to go to court and he is going to do his victim statement and he's going to speak his truth and he's going to do it for all the men out there who aren't going to be at that court. I think that's a, like, a really powerful statement to make, even just from the jump, isn't it? It's like, I'm going to do this, not just for myself, but for everyone who can't be there or who feels too ashamed or scared to actually sit across from her. I was like, you go, Mick. We came from a Mick who was scared to even acknowledge what happened to him, was so traumatised by it, he almost killed himself. Now we are at Mick, who... It's like Mick 2.0. He's like, come full circle, and he is ready to face his demon that is Katie Lewis, and, you know, send her down. Like, it's unreal, the transformation. So Katie's back on the square, which surely that wouldn't be allowed. There's no way she would be on bail. She has a string of people who have made allegations against her about serious historical sexual abuse. There is no way she would be on bail after that many people came forward and that the level of the seriousness of the crime had been brought to the court. Because the judge would be like, sorry, we've got a child who is living proof that she's committed this offence. No, bail is set at like flipping a million or something, or you are denied bail. There's no way she would get out. I swear, she would be under some level of surveillance or on tag or something that would go off if she went anywhere near Warfad or any other parts where, where her victims are living. There's no way on earth they'd be allowed that. And even weirder, as if that isn't weird enough, guys, prepare yourselves. She comes up to Frankie, she meets Frankie, and she's like, Frankie, Frankie, uh, please, please, and I just want to speak, just want to, to talk to you. And it's like, okay, 
Frankie goes and talks to her. I was a good mum once, wasn't I? I just need you to do one thing for me. I just need a character reference. She constantly just manipulates Frankie. She's like... She does. Saying like all the times they had together and how she looked after her and if it wasn't for her and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And she's just constantly doing that to get the character reference. And then when Frankie obviously says no, she then starts texting her like, well, goodbye forever. Yeah, Frankie. it's cruel. It is cruel. It's cruel. It's emotionally manipulative. And it just shows exactly who she is. She returns to the Vic after seeing her mom and rejecting her notion of character reference at first. To Shirley. Now, Shirley's not the warmest of grandmothers. Really, she's only interested in getting Tina a room. That seems to be her only, <laughs> her only sole purpose at the minute. That's it's literally thing. that, isn't it? She's isn't like, it really? well, someone you know, here, someone here is having to move out, right? Yeah, because like Tina that. needs a room. Yeah, it's like that. She's like that she every episode. <laughs> which is sad, which is sad to Frankie. I mean, a couple of few moments, I thought, does this come with a price of a room? Like, I feel like she's about to go, I'll give you this cup out if you, you know, move out of your room, though. Because <laughs> Tina obviously needs a room when she comes back. And, like, the the one that well, she's currently got is just too small. She can't share with Ollie, can she? <laughs> that would be silly. I half expect if she's like, right, if no one's going to move out, will Frankie, will you share with Nancy? And then Tina can have yeah. a room. <laughs> That's the reason why she's glad that um, Nancy's out. That's the oh, reason yeah. why she's... She never says anything else. She's like, you've shacked up with that geriatric Barbie. She doesn't go, you shouldn't have. She's thrilled because it means that Tina's got a room when she comes back. It's true. She's like, Nancy did the right thing. She sacrificed so that Tina can have a room. That was the right thing to do. And we have to remember, Frankie got Nancy's room. So Nancy got (laughs) Tina's room. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And Frankie, I feel like Frankie was about to confide in Shirley a bit and like, have like a lovely moment with her Shirley however yeah Shirley was Shirley and not very supportive and instead decided to say that uh, Katie was a monster and that she would smash her face and if she ever seen her and things like that like not exactly the warming response that Frankie needed in that moment to be fair Shirley's already smacked her in the face exactly she's got a she's got a wish there so they head off to court and Katie's pleading guilty and they hear Frankie's character reference and Shirley is not happy. I lived for the fact that like Mick was like as soon as that happened right Mick didn't say anything nasty. Mick didn't get up he didn't join in in the you know the outrage. All he did was he reached over for Frankie and held her hand as well and I was just like that is exactly the reaction that this poor girl needs. I think, she is a victim. I think, yeah, that's exactly what she needed in that moment because I think she was worried about what those around her were going to say. So um, when they're on their little break, Nancy goes outside and she has a seizure. To me, this is such a serious, serious, serious topic. And, you know, to have it then covered and completely swapped around no one went back into that court to say oh listen a woman's just um had to start having a seizure couldn't we just postpone the the trial um for just a few minutes or whatever amount of time that takes um no one went in to do that that was outrageous but then also like to have it that mick doesn't get to say the words to have him not be able to stand across from his the worst monster in his life and say his piece that was outrageous 
that did not do anything for me because to me it should have been mixed justice against Katie Lewis. It shouldn't have been mixed the wonder dad and his family always he's always there to save his family over himself. Like that shouldn't have been the message. Like oh I just I don't know I'm torn Emma I'm torn Our hero this week is Lily I don't need to say anything. She is trying to destroy Ruby Martin and I live. Oh, slapping Dan. This week goes to Katie Lewis. She's got to get one last slap down before she goes down for life, doesn't she? As Lily is our hero of the week, we will be rating out with Lilies and we are going to give this week four Lilies. Oh, I love it. Sounds like we're sending them bouquet of flowers. I know it does, doesn't it? I've got, to, I've got to say, this week deserves fall. It was everything that I wanted. Sonia was just gallivanting around the square, like, living her best life. It was just it was just everything. Like, And I just lived for this whole Terry Cant mystery that came on. And and then it was just everything this week. Like, it had a bit of every bit of drama, a bit of comedy, a bit of showbiz. Yeah, I liked all I the, the mixture. I liked Terry as a new addition. I liked... Lily scheming away. <laughs> yes, yes. And we found out that Ruby had a new talent, sucking cherries apparently. <laughs> well, we did. And I loved the Sonia stuff with, it's him, pervert man. Just, <laughs> It's just brilliant. Welcome to Match Game, the birthdays edition. Cue theme tune. I don't know the theme music, but I do, 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 do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's Connor's birthday, so we are going to play his favourite game, Match Game, but Birthdays Edition. (gasps) I feel really, like, I don't actually know how I feel. I feel so weird having to take over the role of host for this. (laughs) It's it's, it's quite odd. (laughs) I love it. it. It's just like, so I feel honoured. I feel honoured to be receiving this. Like, it's like a one of a kind, a one of a kind message, almost as one of a kind as my glorious message given to me by my long lost soulmate. Oh, babe. (laughs) I love the bit in the the video where you're like, we're like best friends. (laughs) (laughs) are you ready i am ready for love and this quiz so it's pat's nan's birthday (laughs) and while she's cheated on her partner but but what age would she have to be to have a good excuse well i think it's obvious isn't it everyone everyone at home listening it's 57 yeah! <laughs> it's the only way you can get away with cheating. <laughs> the only age. Any more higher than that, it's not allowed. Any lower than that, definitely not allowed. I must say, this quiz is super easy, by the way. I can't wait. <laughs> well, I heard over in Redwater that it's Lance's birthday as well. But what have they got to celebrate? <gasps> <laughs> is it by any chance a drum roll where will it be going <laughs> up his hole <laughs> correct and they all went up your hole <laughs> <laughs> there's someone really dear to us who, who really loved 
a celebration. Yeah. But what was Tina's favourite celebration? She loved birthdays. She did? She loved birthday parties. She loved everything. She loved rooms. She loved tea. She loved birthday parties. She loved Christmases. She loved everything. She should have a room in that big. Bonus point. If you can tell me what you think the best birthday present Tina could receive would be. Um, I'm going to say a room at Mix for all time. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Rude! <laughs> Forever. Well, for Zach's birthday, I made him some fairy cakes. But then Gavin came along. But what did Gavin do to them? If it was anything like the fairy cakes that we made, Gavin, he stuck cigarettes in them. Correct! (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Bonus point if you can guess Zach's age and birth year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to go with our old faithful, and that is... um, wikipedia slash wiki birthdays and um i'm gonna say 93 is his age and his birthday was 1923 at least the year was correct that's what i've got (laughs) (laughs) he's an ageless vampire (laughs) for chelsea's birthday (laughs) you know where it's going (laughs) for chelsea's birthday caleb wrote her A beautiful poem. In fact, I think we would all quite like one. But what did the poem say? Roses are red, violets are blue. Happy birthday to you. I won't shoot you. Yes, pretty much. I'm going to give you the point. Because I've wrote, roses are red, violets are blue. This birthday, I will shoot someone for you. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Such a romantic. Well, Mick's been sending out some birthday videos to people. But someone's going around the square saying he's not impressed. Who could that be? Well, it's definitely not Billy Big Banana because I've sent him loads of videos. So I'm going to say it's that random Irish guy who we still don't know who he is or what significance he had to Frankie. Did she hire that man? (laughs) (laughs) Correct! Yay! So you got all them right, even the bonus questions. And my gift to you. I mean, I've already gave you a fantastic gift. I'm not going to lie. You've given us a fantastic gift already. You definitely have. I'm going to give you enough one. (gasps) Because Tina would love this so much. Mm. Your next gift is a room at Mix for the (gasps) rest of your life. Oh, my God. It's it's just what I've always wanted. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for E20 Spotlight. Because we've had a couple of comments uh, that we would like to share. So thank you for sending them in. The first one is from Anime, who says that she didn't like how they killed off Kush. Mm-hmm. And we're obviously totally with that. We, yeah. We miss him dearly. It's terrible. I mean, I must still can't forget that pumpkin. And she didn't like how Callum started to doubt Ben and his innocence because Callum needs to think back to when Keanu was dead and how guilty Ben felt at that time. I thought it was a really interesting point. 
yeah, I think it's really good. I think it's a really important moment for Ben's character. Um, and I think it's like we've, we, I think we even said it, like Ben isn't a cold-blooded murderer, as evident by what Annie Mae just said there. We saw the grief that he went through when it was suspected that, well, when he suspected that he had fulfilled his dad's wishes and killed Keanu. She also hopes that this is coming towards Whitney exposing Grey, which is what we want to. We want Whitney yeah. to expose Grey. We think that'll be... Because she's been very tied in with all these people. Like, yeah. Chantel was her friend. Kush was her boyfriend. Tina, she lived with for years. I mean, mm. she's she's made her... She's, she's lived with Cart- Carters. Exactly. I feel like it's got to be Whitney. It's got to be a woman. And also with Whitney's backstory and Whitney's... Um, link to Grey. And yeah, I, I feel just... like it has to be a traumatised woman taking back some power against Grey and I think Whitney fits that role perfectly. So if it's anyone else, I will be a little bit disappointed. Like, I feel like I'm in agreement. It has to build up to Whitney doing it. And onto our second, second commenter, 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 Sean Felton, he sent in um, his own theory that he's convinced that this Terry guy is an imposter who is connected to Dottie, perhaps even Dottie's mother, Sandy, possibly a stepfather or maybe just someone like in that circle, that vein of things. Um, He also thinks that it's all part of like a revenge scheme against Sonia to to take the money back from her and to punish her kind of thing because... We've seen that her and Sonia have butted heads quite a bit of late. And I honestly do. I do see that happening. I see this as being a, the real storyline. Like, to me, it seems like it's going that way. Dottie definitely seems invested in this Terry person. Um, and it just seems too coincidental that after hearing that Sonia's in charge of all this mm-hmm. money that belongs to, that's going to belong to Dottie one day, like that suddenly this random man appears and says, oh, I'm your dad, who you were trying to contact uh, years and years ago. Like, I know I know who you are, blah, 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 blah. He has all these random little facts that I know about your life. They're not, like, emotional facts either. Like, it's bizarre. Like, I'm with yeah. Sean in this. I think so. what's going on. So he met Dottie first. He suddenly knew where Sonia was and who she was. Mm. Like, it is a bit like after that whole argument in Ruby's that, that Dottie's went, so that's Sonia, so... Um, I think she's over at the Vic now. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this man could be anyone. He could be dangerous. Like, we don't know who this person actually is. He may be connected to Dottie. He may not be connected to Dottie, but he could be still dangerous. We do not know who he is. And I think this is the right time for Sonia to have a big, epic storyline. So yeah. I'm with Sean on this. I uh, think yeah. it's going to be good. The whole Terry knowing everything, it just seemed too good to be mm. true. I just, I was it suspicious. Is. And lastly... Kate came up with a good summary for our podcast, which I think is very on point. Uh, so, E20 podcast in summary, chaos, laughing, singing, complete, completely irrelevant tangents that go on for 20 minutes. That is true. We are a podcast loosely, quite loosely based on EastEnders, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Geordieisms, Redwater, and then EastEnders in that order. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that the red one's been off cuff before EastEnders. <laughs> That's completely true. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kate, um, for summing us up very well. You obviously know us very well. So thank you all for sending stuff in and just hope you keep enjoying the show. Thank you so much for getting involved. Yeah. This week's episode is sponsored by Sonia's Fun Sucking Sponge. Ooh, uh. Do you need to suck the fun out of every situation? Maybe you just need to clean up a mess. Come buy a Sonia's Fun Sucking Sponge. Hope you enjoyed the fireworks. Good night.